There's an increasing demand for nature-based tourism, but that doesn't necessarily mean you need to jet off to Alaska or Africa to enjoy an authentic experience in the great outdoors. More than one half of our island state of Tasmania consists of parks, reserves, forests, coasts, and yes, you can also expect wildlife encounters. Graham Kemlo speaks with author Gillian Souter, who's photographed and written a definitive 240-page guidebook to discovering natural Tasmania. Welcome to the show, Jill. Thanks, Graham. Thanks for having me on. Now, let's first of all dispel the myth for those Americans uh, and uh, others listening who think you can whip around Tasmania in an afternoon uh, at ah. a leisurely pace. You obviously spent a lot of time there, judging by your uh, the size of your book and all the images you've taken. Sure, yes. I've had many trips um, because you can't really... Uh, well, you can whip around Tasmania in maybe a week, but uh, would you want to... There are so much to explore that it actually repays multiple visits, would you believe? Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. How did you come to, to writing guidebooks, uh, Jill? Because I know this is not the only one you've done. Ah, that's uh, got a long history, I'm afraid. I used to write craft books uh, and uh, I would actually visit large book fairs, particularly in Frankfurt and uh, London and uh, deal with other publishers and that got me you know when you're overseas you go and do the sorts of traveling you like to do so my husband and I are keen uh, walkers and uh, so we started writing walking guide books and uh, we've written quite a few of those both overseas and uh, here in Australia the natural progression was we were working on a book on the best walks of Tasmania and uh, that's how this book came about as a partner really to the walk guide. So this book is about other ways of seeing Tasmania, uh, Tasmania's wonderful riches, natural riches with some walking but not the emphasis isn't just on long walks or anything like that. No, I don't think you try to walk around Tasmania. There are oh, legendary no, you don't. stories uh, <laughs> of. Uh, no, there I is a long a, distance. A couple walk of prisoners who, uh, who uh, disappeared down the west coast, and I think yeah. one ended up eating the other. Do you know that story? Uh, yes, I'm sure there's quite a few uh, lost people in the southwest there. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty rugged country, isn't it? It is. Uh, that's uh, the, that part of Tasmania is quite inaccessible, although, you know, there are options now for flying into um, remote parts there and things like sure. that. But, uh, yeah, the rest of the Tasmania, very accessible. Yeah, it is. And, look, I guess if you really desperately wanted to see the southwest, you could maybe try by boat. That's right. But yep. I don't know how far inland you'd actually get. You've got cliffs and things to overcome, as I understand. Sure. There's a lovely uh, area called Bathurst Harbour, though, that you can reach by boat or by plane. And you use that as a base. Uh, you know, there's n no other routes uh, from it, but um, it's an amazing spot to get right. to that I've yet to get to, I, I must admit. I, I yeah. see a lovely photograph in there um, of Bathurst. It does look like a beautiful beach. And, oh, look, uh, all the East Coast uh, stunning beaches that are very popular for um, yeah, holiday makers in summer. Yeah. Perhaps for those who are visiting, even from the mainland, let alone from overseas, I think the great thing about Tasmania is that there is a vehicle ferry that goes now between Geelong and Devonport, I believe, and that's uh, that's a pretty a pretty good start that's, to a trip. I think you've done that. It's obviously, wonderful. Taking your yes, car. made great use of that. So it's a 
a perfect way to take your own car if you've uh, got one. It means you arrive in Tassie ready to go straight away. Yeah. It's fantastic. Both centre of life in Tassie tends to be Hobart down south, but uh, there's some beautiful things to explore in the north, not to mention oh. the second capital being Launceston. Um, there's some beautiful things to see there. What are your favourite parts of Tasmania, Jill? Uh, well, uh, I'm afraid uh, these days cities hold less interest for me, so mm. it, it's natural. It's natural wonders. So it'll take you a while to get down to ta- to Hobart because there's so much to detain you on the way yeah. uh, as you leave northern Tasmania. There's some uh, close to Hobart. Mount Field National Park is just it's it's an old national park, so it was preserved early, and it's just got such an amazing uh, diversity of heights, so different ecologies in each of those at different levels, that it's an, a, a great summary of Tasmania. Oh, okay. Where, where's that in relation to Mount Wellington, which, of course, sits to one side okay. of Hobart? Yeah, Mount Wellington dominates Hobart, but it's uh, maybe an hour, an hour's drive northwest of okay. Hobart, not far at all. Parts of, of inland oh, Tasmania, yeah, um, that's, I found that's, almost like another planet. Much of Tasmania is covered with dolerite, which is a really hard metamorphic rock, and uh, it it dictates what what grows there really. But right. it's um, it's almost a lot of it's alpine vegetation, which is low. low but the wonders of that is that um, because alpine vegetation is stunted, the views as long as the clarity is good, then the views are fantastic. Yes, they are absolutely. So if you just had to nominate three places in Tasmania that people may not know about that you think uh, would be absolutely worth a visit? What would they be? Okay, um, well, let me think. One thing, uh, this book focuses on, you know, national parks because they're the protected areas, mm. but one area we discovered well, for ourselves is known we as like the Great Western... Uh, Jill, on the show. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sure the Tasmanians know about it. It's mm. called Great... The Great Western Tears, or um, its Aboriginal name, Kuparuna Niara, in the near near to Launceston in the northeast, right. um, or central northeast. But it's not yet protected as a national park, so it mixes farmland, rolling hills, and um, but also the escarpment of uh, the central highlands, and uh, it's got some beautiful, beautiful uh, rainforest. And lovely accommodation in you know old farm buildings and um, and restored heritage houses and things like that, suggesting that it's a great place to base yourself to okay. to out of town, uh, well or in small town like Deloraine, which has got lots of character. Using that as a base, um, yeah. yeah, a beautiful way of exploring that region of yeah, that Tasmania. What's your second yeah. one? Oh. Uh, some are very well known, like the you can't go past Freysonay uh, sure. Peninsula, things like places like that. But we really liked uh, the Hartz Mountains. That's uh, with a Z on the end, isn't it? It is H A R T Z. Who's that named uh, after? Somebody or? Uh, look, the the origins of the name are a bit. There is a Hartz range in I think Germany, and um, but it's spelt differently, so oh. they're not quite sure how that got its name. But uh, it's again a small preserved national park it's, it's at higher level so but it's it's less visited than say cradle mountain area sure. so obviously that and um let me think for something totally different oh there's a lot of talk these days about the tarkine region mm-hmm. which is a lot of people are fighting to preserve 
it's at risk of mining and uh, deforestation, but it's a, a wonderful area over on the west coast. Right, and, uh, and the west coast has been the scene of quite a bit of fight over the, uh, over the uh, environment. Yes. Well, you know, struggling for people's livelihoods, but also trying to, I mean, uh, Tasmania, uh, the huge emphasis these days is on tourism and that's how they, much of the economy survives and so yeah. it's important that they do preserve what that what draws people to it yeah abs- mm-hmm. a- absolutely and uh, i love some of those wild rivers and there are some fantastic photographs i think the, na- the name of the photographer is peter dombrovskis does that sound right to you oh yes yes and uh, his images, Tasmania's, like, he's yeah. obviously been up to his navel in this rushing water um, yeah. and he has magnificent photographs and I've certainly, there were, I'm not sure if it's still there, at uh, the Cradle Mountain Chateau, mm-hmm. which I think is in a core property, or it used to be. That's got a beautiful gallery out the back with a lot of his stuff in it. It has, yeah. There is a permanent uh, exhibition there of, of beautiful photography for the region. Yeah. So, uh, because sometimes, you know, the weather can be less than perfect up on those, in these high regions. And so uh, that, that's when you retreat to the comfort of the gallery and, uh, look yeah. at someone else's. <laughs> Even in summer, Tasmania can turn on a. It's, a it can be very changeable. Uh, yeah, you need to be prepared. Yep. Yeah, you do indeed. And your photography is uh, is wonderful in this book. Did you carry heavy equipment around with you? I don't, it looks better than, a, a, no. than an iPhone, I've got to say. Oh uh, well, yes, I don't. I did actually try an iPhone, and um, I couldn't really make use of the um, of the images, uh, but. The, uh, yeah, I carry an SLR camera, but right. nothing special and just one lens that uh, is versatile wow. for travel, lightweight well, and versatile. You're a great example for people who have that gear acquisition syndrome, they call it, in, oh, in photography. No, it's, Where it's you need the, best, the best camera is the one that you can carry at the, the time. One you have so, with you. Yeah, that's Ab- right. Absolutely. And I don't think you've used a drone anywhere, have you? Uh, no, I refuse to use a drone. <laughs> there's some beautiful shots, and I, if you didn't there get them is. yourself, you've been the, hanging off no. the edge of a cliff, Jill. There's the oh well, no, I do. I climb mountains, so I can get some aerial shots. That's oh, not a problem. But uh, yeah, the cover shot doesn't belong to me, and that's taken from a plane, not not a right. drone. There you go. <laughs> yeah, what's that Cradle Mountain? That lake? it's flying over Dove Lake and Cradle Dove Mountain. Dove Lake, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I commend you for for the book. I I love Tassie. I've been there. Numerous times, personally and professionally, and it's certainly a place to return to. There's no question about that. Oh, it's an absolute gem. Now, your book, it's like it's the quality is as good as a coffee table book, but I'll call it a Billy T book because it's actually portable. You can take it with you on the walk. It won't slip in your back pocket, but it certainly fits in a backpack. Yeah. It's got a sort of a, if I said waterproof cover, I'd be overstating the case slightly, I think, but it certainly looks water resistant, would you say? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, certainly in the in the... Pocket of your car, it's a great place to keep it. And right. uh, if you're making a visit, hopefully I've tried to pack as much information as I could into the format. And there's lots of helpful hips and information about accommodation and uh, when to travel. So I, th- I think it's a lovely guide. Uh, be great, a great gift to send to, uh, to a friend uh, here or, or abroad. Well, Jill, thank you so much for your time. I've, I've enjoyed uh, flicking through, it's just not the sort of book you read from cover to cover. Unless oh no, it's not a read. No, to, but I have looked right. at some of the locations that I've visited and that you cover, and uh, I've learned a few things along the way too. So thanks again for being with us on Travel Writers Radio, Jill. That's a pleasure, and thank you for having me. 
That was Graham Kemlo speaking with author Gillian Souter. Her guidebook, Discovering Natural Tasmania, is published by Woods Lane Press in association with Australian Geographic.